Our scripture reading comes from a favorite psalm of many people, 116. And the psalmist recalls how the Lord has helped him with his troubles in the past and will help him uh, to his death and beyond. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. Because he inclined his ear to me, therefore I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompass me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our Lord is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, O Jerusalem, praise the Lord. The word of the Lord. Lord, we are always grateful to hear your word read and your word preached. And we have a special reason to be grateful today with Andrew and Lisa, Lisa's return from sabbatical and that Andrew can come into the pulpit once again and preach to us. We hope and pray that his time away was special and restful and changing and will enable him to work with us um, in the life of the church and in the times that lie ahead. May Pastor Andrew's words ring with power and truth and wisdom, and may our hearts be drawn closer to you so that we can worship you with all of our heart and soul and mind and spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, good morning. It uh, is very, very good uh, to be back. So grateful this morning just to look out and uh, see folks and, and faces that I love and uh, walk together with in, in various ways. I uh, see some new faces, too. Uh, looking forward to getting to know you, and um, I hope you feel a warm welcome here, and I uh, hope you feel a warm welcome uh, through God's Word as well this morning. 
like I said, just so grateful on, on many levels. Uh, grateful to have had the opportunity to, to step away uh, for a little bit. I actually have some reflections on rest this morning. And uh, just was so good for both Lisa and I to have had that time. So grateful to um, uh, be welcome back. I mean, just the outpouring of love Wednesday night with that fiesta and just the, the words. Um, you know, you always have that little bit of a moment like, do they really need me, want me? You know, we feel those types of things. But, uh, you know, you have showed us that in, in so many ways. We're really grateful for that. Grateful for you know, the staff that has carried on in, in lots of different ways, uh, Susan and, and Debbie, Jim, all, everybody just picking up extra loads so that we could do that. And then, you know, everybody that's like planned parties and said farewells and uh, uh, wrote Friday letters, uh, filled the pulpit, all of those things. It, it really took a lot. Uh, for all of these things to happen. But we are a community, you know, and that's one of the things I, I love about our, um, our walk together. It's not just about a person. It's about the, the community, and um, it's, good, it's good to be back. Like I said, uh, to this morning I have some reflections on, on rest, actually. We're still in this series, the Etched on Their Heart series, and so I, I want to share with you a, a verse that has been meaningful to me uh, throughout the years, and then especially as I come back, it's verse 7 of Psalm 116, Re return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. This is not a request for another sabbatical, uh, return to your rest. Uh, wait a minute, you just got back. Uh, no, uh, but uh, I want to expound that. I'm going to take actually the next month just to kind of share some of these reflections. So there's a lot, lot to share. Gave a brief update on, on Wednesday night, you know, and subsequent Friday letters and, and throughout. Try to share some of the things that we uh, experienced. But one of the things that was really uh, meaningful to me was just thinking about this topic of rest. I mean, rest really covers the scriptures uh, from beginning to end. Uh, if you think about it, you think about, um, you know, right away in creation, God did the work of creating and, and then he rested from his labors. And that has become a pattern uh, for his people all throughout. The Jews will oftentimes talk about the, the Sabbath day and the, the command for the Sabbath day, which is the longest of the Ten Commandments. And, and the Jews, you know, they, they will say, we, we didn't keep the Sabbath, the Sabbath kept us. Uh, and it was their belief that unless you, you kept that command, unless you really understood what it meant to Shabbat, to rest in the Lord, you would have no ability to, to keep the other commands, to, to walk with the Lord. Uh, when we move forward, you see that there's this ongoing relationship with rest, you know. So in Hebrews, where the writer to the Hebrews is talking about Jesus and his greatness, he, he talks about the Sabbath rest that is for the people of God, both something that is 
present already and then something that is yet to come that we are moving into. You know, Revelation talks about, Revelation chapter 6 talks about the martyrs who rest uh, and uh, you know, Revelation will speak about blessed are those who have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb for they rest from the labor. So from beginning to end, uh, the Bible talks about rest as a, a joy, uh, as a blessing for the one who would follow Jesus, for the one who would walk after Him. And I just want to dive into that a little bit through Psalm 116. I'm also going to be looking at Psalm 4 a good bit, so if you want to uh, pre-find that place in the Bible, you can, and just ask some questions about rest. But let's start at the beginning, uh, and the beginning of this psalm is that the psalmist finds himself in, in deep trouble. The snares of death encompass me, the pangs of Sheol laid hold on me, I suffered distress and anguish. It's interesting, when the Bible in the Old Testament talks about death and Sheol, it really pictures them uh, according to um, Derek Kidner, who is a, a good Old Testament expositor, he, he pictures death and Sheol as aggressive, uh, clutching at the, liver, uh, at the living to waste them with sickness and to crush them with despondency. Such an interesting thing. I mean, I think about what Alicia shared this morning just as we come. We, we certainly feel that weariness uh, of, of life, the weariness that the psalmist experiences, uh, because the brokenness of this world, it's not just passive, uh, but it's active, seeking to grab hold of us, seeking to crush us with despondency and, and take us away from the hope that we just sang about, the hope that we have in Christ. And so we are a weary people, which is why we, we long for, we cry out for rest. Rich Velotis, uh, who was one of my reading companions on sabbatical, says there is a fatigue of the body. We don't get as much sleep as we need. We push our bodies to the limit. We live off cups of coffee and Red Bull. There's fatigue of the mind. In a given day, we're bombarded with ceaseless information that we have no time to absorb or process. And ultimately, there is fatigue of the soul. We are a people who have little margin to be with God and, we f and to foster the life-giving rhythms of rest that are needed for the long haul. Can anybody relate to those things? Uh, just the, the weariness that we have, uh, how it affects us, body, mind, spirit. It, it seeks to drag us down clutching at us. David certainly understood it. Psalm 116, we don't know the author of it. It's one of the more personal of the Psalms, but uh, Psalm 4, we do know the author. That is a Psalm of David. Psalm 3 and Psalm 4, which are companion Psalms. Psalm 3, a Psalm for the morning. Psalm 4, a Psalm for the evening. Uh, we see David on the run from Absalom. Some of you know that story. Absalom was uh, one of his sons. Uh, he sought to effect a coup. 
Uh, I mean, just imagine what David was experiencing there in terms of weariness. You know, there was the actual physicality of being on the run, sleeping in a cave, uh, under threat of your life as Absalom and, and his followers are seeking to literally kill David. That's how you affected a coup in those days. Uh, there is the relational fatigue that, uh, that David was undergoing. This was his son, you know, and, and you see his lament, you know, later when Absalom is killed, you know, Absalom, my son, my son, my son, you know, just how, how deeply this must have hurt him and, you know, brought trouble within his family, all of, all of these different things. And, and then just his wrestling with God, God, you, you have promised that I would be your king. You have promised that the, the Savior would come from my seed and, and that this would continue on. How does this even make any sense? You know, what, what are you doing here in this? And, and this is what David was feeling, and, and you get that sense, you know, when you read Psalm 4, how long shall my honor be turned into shame? How long will you love vain words and seek after lies, these who would take um, me? But then notice what David says in verse 8. He says, in peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, have made me dwell in safety. Here's part of what we see in both of these psalms, both Psalm 116 and Psalm 4. Rest, peace, shalom, shabbat. These, these are not things that come when the circumstances of our life uh, are set aside in such a way that the weariness and the fatigue does not beset us. You know, it, it's not something that we only enjoy when life is good. It's not something that we only enjoy one day out of seven. It's not something we only enjoy when we have 15 weeks that are set aside to go on sabbatical, shabbatical. Uh, we, we are always pushed towards rest, even in the midst of our weariness. And this is one of the things that I think is really hopeful for us here, uh, because we all come in so weary, and yet the psalmist, whether it's David in Psalm 4 or this unknown exultant psalmist in, in Psalm 116, is saying, return to your rest. Even in the midst of the, the clutching, grabbing, crushing realities of life, push on to find rest. So, we push on because we say, what does that mean? Because we often think about rest or we often think about peace as the absence of conflict. We often think about rest in, in very sort of negative ways, and I don't mean that negative in like a bad sense, but I mean it like if work is the positive, rest is the negative. It's the absence of work. But I think what we are invited to see here is that rest is something that is even more substantial. 
Uh, it, is a, it is a positive in the same way that we can talk about work as being a positive. Notice how the psalmist goes about this as we dive into this a little bit uh, deeper. He, he speaks to his soul, return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Uh, there's a number of places, I, I counted 11 in our English translations, where uh, the psalmist does soul talk. You know, bless the Lord, O my soul, uh, and all that is within me. You know, why are you cast down, O my soul? Hope in God. <clears throat> the psalmist know, whether it is David or somebody else, they know that they are cherished that they are special, that they are loved. And, and so part of this soul talk is identifying yourself as such, uh, knowing that you are particular, knowing that you are unique, knowing that you are cared for, knowing that you are seen and known all the way down to the base of who you are. You know, the psalmist here talks to his soul. He doesn't talk to the outer veneer. Uh, and we all have sort of an outer veneer. We, we present ourselves in a certain way. We, uh, we take on a, a certain identity. People relate to us. But we know that deep down there is, oh, my soul. Uh, where we're at the very, the very guts, so to speak, of who we are, uh, there is this relationship with God. And, and part of the rest uh, that the psalmist enjoys is a real honesty, uh, a real willingness to be known and to be open and to be uh, naked, as it were, before the Lord. Uh, and, and he encourages soul to return. Now, return, the, the word here in Hebrew is shuv. It's the same word that is often translated repent. Uh, so, this idea, uh, returning, repenting, uh, you know, there, there, is a, there is something that has taken the soul away from the rest. Uh, as we've said, it could be circumstances of life. It could be the clutching, grabbing, sheol, uh, the pangs of death, all of these things. It's our bodies. It's uh, the relational brokenness around us. But it also could be our own choices. Uh, it also could be that we have looked for rest in other places. Uh, we have looked for rest in relationships. We have looked for rest uh, in our escape from the difficulties of life through oftentimes good things, good gifts, you know, the food, uh, wine, uh, sports, music. I mean, all, many of these things are good gifts that God gives us to enjoy, but when they become our ultimate things, uh, then we, we find that we speak to ourselves in ways of returning. Returning to your rest, O oh my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. What we, what we understand here, and, and what we really ultimately understand 
throughout the scriptures, is that rest isn't this negative space. It's not just the absence of work, the absence of conflict, but rest is an enjoyment, uh, an enjoyment of a person. It is founded on Jesus, who is the rock, who is our rest. You know, this, this is why Jesus will say in the passage that we had for our call to worship today, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, rest is a person. It's that relationship. When God created the world and He rested on the seventh day, He gave the seventh day for His new creation for Adam and Eve to enjoy intimacy with, with Him. It, it wasn't just that they weren't working. They, they didn't even know work at that point. They, they hadn't even started. They'd just been created. Uh, but the very first thing that, that spoke to them of life was intimacy with the living God. Adam, where, where are you? That's why that's such a haunting question. Because we were created for that intimacy with God. And yet we hide ourselves. And we need to call ourselves. God calls us. He invites us to return and to find our rest in Him. How is it that Jesus can say this? Well, it's because, as you know, He did the work for us. You know, in the same way that God did the work of creation and then rested on the seventh day, Jesus does the work of redemption. Uh, he enters into this world. Uh, he lives all of the difficulties and vagaries of the human life uh, until he comes to the point of being on the cross. Uh, and on the cross, he, he travels the very depths of hell itself. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But then notice, he returns to his rest. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, my soul. When we hear these words of the psalmist in Psalm 116, we know that they are true, and we know that they can be trusted, and we know that there is a way through to rest. Because Jesus, who is our rest and invites us to find our rest in Him, has already trod that path. And His soul now enjoys the rest of the Father, having done the work of redemption that we so desperately need. At the heart of this idea of rest, again, is a person. At the heart of this idea of rest is the truth that you are cherished, that you are loved, that you are invited, that you are welcome, that you are called to return to your rest, O oh, my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. 
The last thing I just want to highlight is this idea that uh, of, of the Lord's bounty, how, how free this is. Um, one writer says, uh, he says, Sabbath is one of the clearest signs of the gospel. Rest, Shabbat, uh, Shalom. You accomplish nothing, and God showers His love on you. You know, it's one of the great things about uh, moving into that rest, and that's what we are invited to find. You know, I had this time where put things down and, and was able to actively pursue this. But, you know, God gives us this week by week. Uh, God gives us a day where we are invited to put everything down, to stop, to cease, uh, to, to rest, to, to pursue Him, to find our rest in Him. God gives us a day to do that. It, it's not entertainment, you know, God doesn't give us a day where we don't work and now we fill our time with, you know, going out and doing all of these things. It's not to say that we can't enjoy God through being in nature and all of these other things. But I think sometimes in our culture, our entertainment uh, runs us ragged. Have you ever been on a vacation where you felt like you needed a vacation from the vacation? Uh, I have, <laughs> full confession. Uh, I don't feel that way right now, but, you know, the idea of rest, pursuing that, uh, pursuing the rest because God is so bountiful, so free. I, I sort of alluded to this, but it's really interesting, and maybe this is a new insight for me, maybe it's a new insight for you. You know, when God created the world, uh, he rested from his labors. Uh, God did all the work in six days, and then he rested. And, and we oftentimes will talk about that. We'll, we'll talk about, like, that's a pattern for us. We work, and then we rest. But notice, that's God's pattern. That's not our pattern. Our pattern is just the opposite. It's we rest, and then we work. When we were created as humans, we, we did no work. The very first thing that God gave us to do was to rest. The first day that we enjoyed was the Sabbath, the, the rest day. You remember when the Israelites came out of Egypt as we were going through Exodus? Uh, the first thing that God told them to do after they did all of that covenant we come about to Exodus 34, this is after the uh, 35, this is after the sin with the golden calf. God reiterated the command to rest. You know, it, have your Sabbath, rest in me, pursue after me. See, God's pattern is to rest from work because God is the one who does the work. He does the work of creation. He does the work of redemption. But the gospel is we rest and then we work. We don't rest from our work, but we, uh, we rest in order to work. And that's part of God's grace for us. This is why rest is, is such a picture of the gospel. Uh, it, it speaks to us of the fact that we can never earn it. We can never deserve the mercy that God gives us. Uh, it is always a gift. And if you want to know it's a gift, notice how rest plays into our story. Created, 
Here, now you rest. Enjoy me. Pursue me. Pursue this intimacy. And okay, now out of that is going to come your work. Out of that, you will, uh, you will have the strength. You will have the resources to be able to be the people that I am calling you to be. Such a gift, isn't it? Like, how do we face all of the weariness how do, we, how do we face the clutching, grabbing of death and Sheol in our life? Jesus says, come to me, rest, you know, be filled up. The Lord has dealt bountifully with you. We see that throughout the psalm. We see it in Psalm 4, verse 7. You have put more joy in my heart uh, than when their wine and their, and their grain abound. You know, God, God deals with us so, so gently, so fully, so beautifully, uh, so graciously that we go out and we face our relationships, we face our work, we face uh, our marriages, we face our kids, <laughs> we face uh, our, our old age, we face our cancer, we face all of these things, not from a place of having to prove ourselves, but from a place where God has invited us to rest and to be with Him and to be known all the way down to the very bottom at our souls. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. So the question is, do you believe that? Because it, it will make a difference. Uh, Sabbath is not something that comes easily for us. Amen? <laughs> uh, do you know workaholic? Uh, the workaholic, you know where that, first, that term was first used to describe? Clergy. Clergy are the first workaholics. Uh, you know, and it's always like if you sense a calling with your work, you know, it's easy to push past limits and boundaries. You know, you know, one more kid, one more patient, one more parishioner, you know, we, we push past those boundaries very easy. So we can talk about it as clergy, but it's not always easy for us. Uh, so there, there is a discipline uh, to Sabbath. You know, there is stopping uh, ceasing, uh, calling it quits. Uh, you know, for us in our world, it, it's, it's not only a day so much as an attitude. Uh, what does it mean to turn off uh, the ways in which we are connected to the world? Uh, our, our email, our texts, our Snapchats, you know, all of those different things where we are connected. Could you take your phone and put it in a box uh, on a day of the week and, and say, you know what, my, my Shabbat today is in the Lord uh, in, a very, in, a very, uh, in a very specific and particular way. Um, I, I'll confess, that would be hard for me. Uh, and uh, th those things are, are difficult for us as we move forward. But the invitation is to rest in the Lord. Next week, I'm going to take up kind of the first verse of this psalm, 
Uh, I love the Lord because part of what we do when we, when we rest is we not only stop, but we turn our gaze towards the Lord. Uh, we we um, delight in who He is and what He has done for us. So, it's good to be back. It, it's very good to have had that sabbatical and time to to rest in very specific ways, but that rest is still there because it's not just 16 weeks or 15 weeks or whatever it ended up being. Uh, It is the person of Jesus Christ who invites us to come and to find our rest there. So, will you say this uh, verse with me? And then I want to pray it over us, and then we will sing, Jesus, I am resting, resting. You ready? Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Will you pray with me? Close your eyes. I'll lead us, but I'm going to leave some time for you to listen to the Lord as well. Father, we come to you this morning uh, as people, as souls, souls who are created unique and special, souls that exist before you uh, and are known and are loved. Oh, my soul. And Lord, in in your love for us as individuals, you you call us to return. And I know personally, uh, I'm sure I could get my sisters and brothers to attest to this as well. We return because there are so many things that, that take us away. Some of them are just the, the various pressures of, of life, work, family, our bodies breaking down, this relationship that's really hard. But there's also sin. There's also these uh, false places where we've sought for rest. We've sought it in money. We've sought it in relationships. Father, we want to name these things before you this morning. And then, Lord, we want to thank you for rest. We want to thank you for the person of Jesus who invites us to come weary and heavy laden and find our rest in him. We want to thank you for the journey that Jesus took 
to the cross. We want to thank you for his willingness to commit his very soul to all the ravages of hell in order that we in union with him might know fellowship of rest with the Father for all eternity. Jesus, you are our rest. Remind us of that. And then, Lord, we want to end just by celebrating your bounty, for we are called on this first day of the week, the, the time that sort of sets the agenda for all the rest of our week. We, we are called to go out into the world to love those that you have put in our paths to declare the glories of the Lord. The psalmist certainly talks about that. I will pay my vows uh, before the Lord. But you don't send us out like beggars. You, you send us out laden with your good gifts. You've dealt bountifully with us. You have put more joy in our hearts than when their wine and grain abound. Father, help us to, to celebrate the joy and the bounty that you've given us. We give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.